Hey there, my name is Linda Monaghan and it is my mission to help you grow your business, improve your life and find your calm, whatever that may be. Welcome to the Corporate to Calm podcast, where you learn from their experience. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. We are halfway through the winter series and I am speaking with Fiona Alston. Fiona is a journalist, a jockey, a nomad. She did the ultimate declutter a couple of years ago where she took everything out of her life apart from her horse, her car, her bike and her balance board. She moved to Tallinn and that is where I spoke with Fiona for her journey from corporate to camp. Hey there, you're very welcome to the Corporate Camp podcast. I'm delighted to have Fiona Alston with us today. Fiona, please introduce yourself and tell me all about you. Hi, how's it going? And first of all, I want to just let you know, I'm delighted you said my name correctly there because a lot of people call me Alston and you said Alston. So thank you for that. Um, I am Fiona Alston. I'm a journalist, um, Scottish born, generally lives in Ireland, but currently living in Tallinn and that's me that's that's a lot of geography uh, Fiona a lot of geography (laughs) why are you in Tallinn (laughs) um because I like it here um I'm in Tallinn because uh last year I decided uh I was living in Bray like yourself I know Um, we never met I know it's incredible but I am I have to say I'm very much enjoying your sea walks in the morning because I miss that and I tune in just so I can see the sea and you of course um but yes I am I I was living in Bray and I I was given notice where I was living and like my life was mega stressful at the time I was really struggling to make um ends meet um and just constantly trying to find somewhere to live in Ireland, afford your rent then in Ireland. And as a freelancer, quite often, even though you've done the work, you don't get paid for a while. So you just feel like you're just catching up all the time. Money comes in the left hand and it goes straight out with the right. So I just thought I need something different. I've been in Tallinn quite a few times in my life. And I thought, right, I'm just going to take off for a little while. And that's exactly what I did. And um, at the time when I was taking off, I didn't know where to keep my stuff. Like I said, I'm Scottish. So my whole family lives back home in Scotland, farming types. And I have lived in Ireland on and off since I was 21 which, as we can see, is not yesterday. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so I didn't really know what to do. Um, and I just decided I just do the purge. I just got rid of everything out of my life. So I got rid of all my stuff. Uh, what I did keep was my horse because he's too handsome to get rid of. And also that's frowned upon. Um, I kept my car, which is in Ireland. Um, I have a balance board, I kept that, and I have a bike, and I kept that. And the rest of everything, I just really got rid of. Most of my clothes, I got rid of everything. So I was just down to the one suitcase uh, for traveling and a few bits in Ireland and in Scotland for when I'm coming back over. And, uh, yeah, I took off to Tallinn, and it was amazing. And I'm still here. It was meant to be a couple of months. I know, um, I know. That's what I, I, it keeps keeps getting extended. It keeps getting extended. Um, So 
you were you've mentioned that you were a freelancer and I met you as a journalist um for the media specifically for you were kind of in the wellness and fitness sector and then um in the tech sector was that yes graduated to the tech right. sector yeah. and before that like were you always a journalist what what, what was Actually, I was not at all always a journalist. Um, I, uh, as I mentioned, I have a horse. So when I was a kid, I loved horses. Um, and that love grew for horses, but also my dad didn't like it. So do you know the way that you're a bit rebellious and you're like, well, whatever he doesn't want me to do, I think I'll do. So I was like 100% determined I was going to be a show jumper as a child. So I, um, yeah, I left home at 17, actually, and went off working in yards. I ended up in Germany, show jumping, back in the UK at one stage. And then I moved to Ireland on my 21st birthday um, for to work in a show jumping yard. And that just didn't really quite work out. It was in Limerick. And I ended up getting into horse racing. And I just went in really for a break. At the time, the reason the move was to go to Ireland was when I was working in the south of England, my dad died suddenly. And I don't know, like, whoever else has experienced this at 20 years of age, uh, who was a little bit rebellious against their father anyway, I did not take that well. As in, I went about like it didn't even happen, you know, that kind of way. So when I did that, I just kept moving on through my jobs, got myself to Ireland, keep myself busy, get myself in racing, keep myself busy, do something, just always needing to go forward and do something. It did hit me a couple of years later, I'm not going to lie. But yeah, that's how I ended up in horse racing, you know. I kind of like the dream was gone, this idea that I was going to be a show jumper. Uh, I was doing that in a way and I feel that maybe even the rebellious part of me was that wasn't there anymore and I just needed to keep going forward like I said and yeah ended up in racing so I worked in racing in Ireland and that also brought me to the States. Uh, I was in New Zealand a couple of times. Uh, I was in Spain so it was really good. I enjoyed my time in horse racing. I was a work rider, so mainly just riding out all the time, which is the best part of the job, really. I did break a lot of stuff, obviously, body parts. And um, yeah, at one stage while I was working in horse racing, and I want to say, like, I know this is corporate cam. Horses and would be a little bit like being a corporate institution yeah. because that's really like it's a huge massive industry it's a great industry to be in it's a difficult industry to leave and it's a shocking industry to leave because your life completely changes when you do you know but at one stage I had uh, I moved to the north of England to do to study and I ended up studying journalism Um, and at the time I didn't I was doing broadcast journalism so at the time I um, had all these ideas of what I wanted to do. K80, I'm not sure if you remember K80, yeah. Uh, yeah, war correspondent. She was one of my heroes as a child. So I kind of had the idea that I wanted to do that. I was getting a bit disillusioned when I was studying broadcast journalism because it was the time where sort of um, 
let's say news wasn't being news anymore. We were right. talking about more celebrities were news. I remember at one stage, I'm not sure if you remember Jade Goody, but she was, uh, it was during the time um, that she was passing away um, and having to go out onto the streets and ask people their opinion of this woman who was dying. Mm. Um, and that was quite awful. And I remember Cheryl Cole's husband left her at the time, or I'm not entirely sure what happened there, but it was definitely an affair. And having to constantly call her house, like her mother's house, oh, um, to get a comment. And like, this was all while I was studying because I was doing work experience left, right and center in all of the radio stations. And at the whole time, I'm thinking, this is not this. Like, this is not what KAD signed up for. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So in the end, um, when I did leave um, uh, to, like, graduated, I ended up coming back to Ireland. I went traveling for a year. I was going out with a fella at the time. We went traveling for a year. Um, and then when we came back to Ireland, it was 2010. And we all know what happened in 2010. The Irish had fallen out of the country. So therefore, yeah. the only thing I could do was to go back into horse racing. And I did that for another, what, however long, five or six years until I just decided, do you know what? I will use this journalism degree um and I decided to move myself to Dublin to become a journalist and I honestly thought they would go the way I just said that and it didn't <laughs> do, you, do you just when you're chatting there about like the horse racing industry and where you've been and everything like that there's a lot of parallels to a nomad life within horse the horse racing industry as well like so there isn't really that kind of stability it might be the stability in the position, but the stability in location probably isn't there either. Yeah, actually, the aforementioned uh, boyfriend, who is actually still a very good friend of mine, and he will laugh about this to this day. But until I was going out with him and living with him, I never I never had a lease or stayed in one apartment or house or room in a house for more than six months. So yeah. I've always been ready to move. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's a bit telling about my personality. What else anyway? <laughs> but listen, having spent um, a few days at a, the Digital Nomad Conference um, recently, there's yes. so many, so many people doing it. Like there's so many people just living their life on the road and getting those experiences. You say that um, you left the horse racing industry and kind of put your flag on the mast and was like I'm using this journalist um degree well how did you like how did you do it like were you scared were you kind of like oh Jesus is this gonna work <laughs> out what, what, how, how did you just decide to do it because it's it is a pretty brave step yeah I have to say um I was not really that scared there's one thing that I always have in my life is go forward so always forward um, which sometimes is a bad thing, but most times it's a good thing. And I do like something new and exciting. So it wasn't that bad. But I have to say, when I got myself to Dublin and my horse at the time, because he, I had like been living in Tipperary and he was down there. He was in, um, 
he was in Scotland, so he was over there um, while I was getting my life together. And uh, I find it difficult sometimes doing big decisions without him, which I know sounds crazy, but like I've had this horse since he was like a couple of days old. I've known him and he's grown up with me. Do you know what I mean? And he's 16 now. So like everything I've done, I've done with him. And it was kind of that would have been the weird part, moving to Dublin and going, oh, Jesus, I don't have him because when you have a hard, a bad day or, or something like you go and you hang out with him and he's so self-obsessed. He makes everything about himself and you instantly forget whatever you were worrying about when you drove. Him. So yeah. Um, so I kind of missed that. But yeah, when I got to Dublin, I genuinely thought it was going to be as easy as like Carrie Bradshaw, like rocking up in New York City and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a column. You know what I mean? Nobody wanted to give me a job. Like no one. And I ended up temping, which I have to say is a really great way to meet people when you know absolutely no one in the city. I had one friend there. Um, so yeah, I ended up temping and I, I kept on trying to do a bit here and a bit there. Nothing was happening. And then I'm not sure if you'll remember this, but this was a really great, um, tech startup called Girl Crew. And basically, um, that was kind of like a meeting app or like a meeting community where you could meet, uh, other people, other girls just to hang out with, you know what I mean? To make friends with when you didn't know anyone in the city. And I ended up um, getting tagged in one of their posts, Pamela Newingham, who was one of the co-founders of Girl Crew. Unfortunately, Girl Crew did not survive the pandemic, um, but in its time, it was very good. So she had uh, she had put it up a post about looking for journalists for the Irish Times. Uh, and this was to be a freelance business journalist okay which I knew nothing about coming from the horse racing industry and to be honest my perception of business people was very much they were stuffy incredibly boring and said ridiculous like things like let's circle back you know stuff like that so I did they compare (laughs) rugby to the tech sector (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that oh, time. <laughs> yeah it was so somebody had tagged me in it one of the girls in this girl crew had tagged me in it and I got in touch with Pamela and I asked her what the Jack and Ori was because honestly I would just take any job at that stage and um and to be honest like getting your first gig in the Irish Times is definitely nothing to be sniffed at like it was really Absolutely. good and yeah it ended up happening so I ended up being a freelance journalist in the business uh, section of the Irish Times and learned a lot as well as learning how to write because I never wrote I did broadcast journalism Okay, And it's easier for me. Like, I actually failed English in school. I'm just going to hold my hands up and say that I failed English. Even though I did every week go to a tutor, um, and my parents paid, what, probably £12 a week uh, back in those days <laughs> for me to go to a tutor, and I still managed to finish uh, to fail my higher English, which is kind of embarrassing. But anyway, so learning to write and do all that, and Irish Times is probably a great place to learn how to write because they're going to do it proper, and you, you know, like you hand stuff in. And so I learned a lot from Pamela and, and from Dominic Coyle as well, Um 
And when I was there, um, like I was never in the Irish Times, but when I was handing stuff in, then, you know, they said, do you want to do innovation? Do you want to do the tech, a few of the tech bits? And I started doing that as well. And then I got to know about this whole startup world and all that kind of jazz. And um, yeah, that's kind of, that's how I managed to get myself in. And then gradually you start meeting other editors, got into the Connected magazine in what was the Sunday Business Post, now the Business Post, and a few other little bits and pieces. So yeah, that's how it happened. But it certainly didn't happen instantly. I was on the dole, I was temping, and I was constantly thinking, what the hell have I done? And like knocking, knocking on doors, just mentioning the likes of girl crew and um, community when you're in a city like that and then you go to Bray and then you move to Tallinn. How do you, 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 you say you push yourself forward. So obviously you're an action oriented person. So how do you meet people? How do you get, get out and, and, and meet people? Because you have a fairly good um social life in in talent you can see on your instagram <laughs> and everything that you put you, you put yourself out there is that yeah. important as an as a nomad i suppose <laughs> yeah we'll just clear that that that's not a wild social life it's an active social no, life no but, uh, active, yeah 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 no not not, not necessarily alcohol related or anything, wild but, but fairly active swimming and cycling yeah. and everything yeah <laughs> Do you know what? I always say this. I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet. No matter where I go, I always meet really great people. And I, yeah, I do have to push myself to go out there and meet groups of people. Like over here in Tallinn, there's a couple of expat groups. There's a girls group here. I went to meet them. Most of the women in that are younger than me. But at the same time, I'm such a child that like, I end up being the one that they're parenting in the group, you know? Um, so I'm really lucky that way. When I was in Dublin, again, it was Girl Crew. And then through my work as well as a journalist, I make great people like yourself. And <laughs> I always, like, when I'm interviewing people, I always want to interview them like I've known them forever. Mm-hmm. So you end up sometimes in interviews getting good nuggets out of people and end up having a really good chat with them. And then you stay in touch with them after and then they become your friend or, you know, and that's really how I do it. Like I've some really great friends from Ireland and I'm very lucky as well that no matter where I am in the world or what I'm doing, everybody is always really supportive. And again, I'm probably one of those people who has started realizing in life, you don't hang on to the ones that aren't doing that because I do that for other people or I'd like to think I do. So the ones that are just not like... and. My mom said me this to me, which is really weird because I never took my mother's advice on anything generally. But uh, just because I don't know, I, I want to let her think I'm so independent. But um, there, I did once have a situation with somebody and I was really pushing it and trying and trying with someone and, uh, you know, a female friend of mine, actually. And um, we'd known each other from a very long time. And my mom said to me, look, if you knew her now, would you guys be friends if you met now? And I always have to think about that. Like, why do we push those friendships and it yeah. doesn't mean they're not going to come back. But at the same yeah. time, we put ourselves under pressure all the time. I think women in particular, because men probably view relationships differently with their male friends or female friends. 
But like we put ourselves under pressure all the time, like to keep relationships going. We shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. easy ones come easy, and it doesn't mean that someone like maybe they don't suit your life at the minute. And I know I'm an annoying human being. Like I'm always all over the place. I never know my arse from my elbow. Like I I know that that can be really entertaining for some people, but it's very irritating for my other friends. Do you know what I mean? But you know, they just leave me off and then come back whenever they want, you know? So I think that that's made my life easier is when I started realizing and took my mother's advice um, that I needed to like friends just, it should be an easy thing and, yeah. you know, keep yourself open to them and not always be like, oh, my God, they didn't ask me this or I didn't do that with them or, you know what I mean? And that's, and unfortunately, that is something that we learn, I think, too late as women as well, mm. because our, our 20s kind of revolve around these friendship groups. And then you don't realize that, you know, no matter what kind of stage of life, like whether you have a family, whether you don't have a family, whether you're busy, whether you have a career, different things happen and you cannot maintain those friendships the way you maintain them in your 20s or your 30s sometimes you you just and and the ones that are meant to be there will be there yeah no I think that you're absolutely right and again I am single and no children and a lot of my friends are you know married and having kids and your conversations change and whatever um but again you, you just make it work and they are still your community, but they might be your community that you meet up all the time. But the community that you talk to or you text or I have a girl every day, a woman. Sorry, she'd love if I called her a girl, actually. Um, and we do Wordle every day. And it seems mad that we do Wordle yeah. and it almost irritates me to the point that I'm like, Jesus, I have to think of another five-lettered words today do you know what I mean yeah as if my life isn't hard enough and then um, I do it and I send it to her and she sends it to me and sometimes we congratulate each other or we just be like happy Monday or whatever it's this constant contact every day with this one person it's amazing like it's as simple as that you know yeah yeah absolutely and sometimes it is the 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 simple the more simple it is the better it is um if you were talking to somebody who's kind of contemplating taking on a nomadic journey, do you have any kind of basic tips for them? Would you have anything that you would say, um, this is something I made a mistake at, so don't do this? Or do you... <laughs> yeah, don't give away all your really warm jackets if you're going to an absolutely freezing cold country. <laughs> That's <is> definitely one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, I think, uh, first of all, like if you're contemplating it, you're probably not ready. You're just doing it and that's right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're ready to go and you're doing it. Like for me to leave my horse was huge. Yeah. Like massive. Now I FaceTime him, which is cool. And I have a good friend looking after him, but like I got to the point where I'm like, no, I have to make this decision. I'm ready and you go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but definitely I think. Uh, and getting rid of everything as well kind of confirms that you're going. Now, I know people are just doing it for a short period of time, so pack your stuff up, stick it somewhere. But at the same time, if you're deciding that you're moving or you're leaving or whatever, get rid of a lot of stuff because you're hanging on to stuff. Yeah. And another thing, when you do go somewhere new, it's I'm not saying 
forget about everything from the past, but don't be dragging something along with you. Do you know in your head, in your mind, how somebody treated you before, a work annoyance, uh, whatever. Like, this is your new experience. Everywhere you go, like every week, if I'm in a different place, which I have been for, funnily enough, the last three weeks, I was in different uh, countries for the last three weeks. And uh, like... Just always, it's new, it's brand new. So, like, you get to reinvent yourself. Although I'm still the absolute boring, no-crack person. I am here as I was. <laughs> I didn't manage to I, I reinvent myself at all yet. <laughs> Listen, who, who has? Who has? Um, if, then, you know, you, you kind of have built a community, but, like, the term nomad, it suggests, that you might be by yourself and you know as a as a journalist and a freelance journalist um how do you stay motivated like how do you do, do you have nine to five hours do you have five to nine hours like what 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 is your day like what what do you do to stay motivated and and produce material for um your your variety of employers yeah, I think um at the moment I'm doing um a full-time contract for somebody as well on as on top of my other work that I'm doing. So, um uh yeah, keeping hours is not as easy, but the thing is I like to get up early, which is really weird cuz I was having a conversation with one particular uh manager and they were like, "Oh yeah, you probably, you know, was thinking you maybe don't like to get up. Like I am the annoying person who's up all the time. <laughs> I sleep very little, which is annoying as well. But yeah, I like to get up. And my routine here, it has changed at the moment because as I was telling you earlier, I had the little accident and I'm a bit bashed up at the moment, yeah. but um Normally, what I like to do, and this also changed in the summer because my gym changed uh, the 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 hours that they open. Um, but I like to be at the gym at half six when they open the doors, and I swim or I gym or whatever. And I like to walk from here, and it's a good maybe twenty five minute walk from here. But I love mm-hmm. walking because it I, like. It's at the other side of Old Town Tallinn, and if anyone's ever been in Old Town Tallinn, it's an amazing spot. But it's even more special when you're walking through in the morning and there's absolutely nobody there, there's no crowds, there's nothing, and it's just, oh, I love it. So that's my little me time. Go off, do the gym, whatever I'm doing, swimming, whatever, Uh, and then come home. And quite often I walk home by the sea because I live beside the sea here. Well, Thailand is on the sea, but like my apartment is very close to it. So I like that little me time. And then I come home and I start work. Now, if I've done that, I'll be online by eight or half eight. If I stay in town, sometimes I'll be online for eight. But yeah, half eight. And then, yeah, just work. But I'm terrible for then not going out for breaks or I never even take okay. lunch breaks or anything. Yeah. And then I don't switch off. So that's where my problem lies is I don't switch off in the evening because uh, one of my colleagues is two hours behind me and the other of my colleagues is one hour behind me. Yeah. So while if I think I'm switching off at six o'clock, that's only four for the yeah. furthest colleague. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. we're we're doing a constant news feed. So that kind of like stresses me out a little. And then... 
like I'll have plans to meet someone in the evening, the girls in the evening, go do a table quiz or something in the evening. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a little late. And I keep pushing it and pushing it. And I keep prioritizing work and panicking about the hours that I'm doing rather than just going and meeting my yeah. friends. So I've, I've decided I'm going to change that up a little bit. But yeah, for the writing part, when you're doing a news feed, you don't really, it's not like a, an option of whether you stay motivated or not. You just yeah. absolutely have to because it's yeah. coming in thick and fast and thrown out. But unfortunately, I have one of those heads which is mad busy all the time. Yeah. And like I, I even said to somebody the other day, and I think they absolutely misinterpreted it, like, you know, like my head's all over the place, but it is all over the place. Yeah. And it, 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 even at my peak performance best, my head is a mess. And that's how I operate, you know what I mean? Being on and, you know, being, and, and I know exactly what you mean when you say all over the place. It doesn't mean that it's not necessarily, um, you know, organized and everything, but it's just in multiple different, like, facets of information. Do you, do you delegate anything or is it something that you manage all by yourself? Like, what do you do anything to make it easier for you? Like, if, efficiency it's like what 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 would you do to to create efficiencies in your in your day um to be absolutely honest I really don't um (laughs) I it's just the way it is I'm afraid um because every article is different like some of them you are writing them nearly in the same style but everything is very different um, we have a really good system with work that keeps us all uh, efficient with our workflow or whatever. But yeah, there's not really anything that I can do. Um, even my interviews, like sometimes I don't even ha- prepare for my interviews, which isn't a good thing. But also that can be a pretty amazing thing because you get the absolute best out of people when you have no idea what they're going to say to you or even what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I have to say, it's organized chaos and it's only like if you came in and you were like where are you at what will I help you with like I wouldn't even be able to tell you because it's in here but it's like it's not written down anywhere so yeah I'm actually the worst for that which is weird because when I worked in horse racing there's a couple of times I was in charge of yards or you know like responsible for certain things and I would get I'd be really, I'm good at organizing everyone else, basically. Like, if you told me you wanted to do a round-the-world trip, by Friday, I'd have that organized. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do it for myself. It's just organized chaos. But I always know what I'm doing at the the same time. Yeah, you can can tap the information at a a moment's notice. But I think that's the best part of me as well. Do you know what I mean? While people see that as a negative, or they might see it as a negative if they're hearing it, if you see emotion, it's actually really not that terrible, you know. And yeah. there's a bit of crack to be around. So that's it as well. That's it. It's kind of um, inspirational and you know, action, action, action. Actually, talking about action, how do you switch off? Like, because it sounds. <laughs> I was going to ask you about an off day, and it doesn't really sound like you have an off day. It sounds like you're quite motivated <laughs> to to get up every morning. Mm. But how? Like we've talked about that you can't switch off or that you've mentioned that you're going to actively try and and do that. Have you got a plan? Is it something that you've kind of said before and you haven't taken any action on it? Or is it like, how how do you endeavor to do that? 
Yeah, well, um, I did try. I tried to take a week off work because I hadn't had a week off of work that wasn't for other work apart from like Christmas Day, maybe, and uh, Stevens. Um, since 2018, which I took off wow. to come to Tallinn, actually. Um, and so I tried to take a week off work uh, here and I went down to one of the islands on the Sunday night and I had a little bit of work to do and was telling my best mate this on the phone on the way down and she was like, but you're meant to be off, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's getting really yeah. strict on me, you know. And I booked a spa um, place for a few days and I went down there and... I was actually on the phone to the girl who um, looks after my horse and she's a friend of mine and I got bitten in the eyebrow as I was talking to her. I could feel a mozzie bite me in the eyebrow and it's like, oh, just been bitten. I hope that doesn't blow up because I have an allergic reaction when a mosquito bites me, you know. Anyway, um, it started swelling and by the time I woke up on Monday, which I had two or three pieces I needed to get out to get my week finished so I could relax. On the Monday, yeah, my eye was really swollen and I couldn't open it. And like then it got worse the whole day. And I was doing interviews with people on Zoom and it was just horrifying. So I was like, lads, I'm really sorry. It wasn't too bad if I had my glasses on, but it looked really horrific. And then by uh, Tuesday, I was an A&E and I was getting steroids oh for this. And if you're female and you get steroids, they're hormone. And you're in your 40s, you know exactly what that's going to do to your body. So by like Thursday, I was in bits. Friday, I was just recovering, starting to see out of my eyes. Saturday, I had to go home. And that was me trying to take a week off work. So yeah, I know that this is corporate to cam and I should be talking about trying to take a break, but I'm never doing that again in my whole life. All right. Well, let's work on let's work on um <laughs> let's work on a half an hour outside of the gym <laughs> and swimming every day. Maybe maybe that's Are you feeling a little stuck both professionally and personally? You want to create healthy daily habits, but you become overwhelmed. I have created the five habits challenge just for you. Hey, it's Linda, aka the Habit Boss, and I designed the Five Habits Challenge, the Pathway to Progress. These are five simple habits to hold you accountable. Give me 30 days and I will help you create five simple habits that propel you forward both personally and professionally. Check out the Five Habits Challenge in the show notes or go to www.corporatecamp.com. And now let's get on with the show. What's different about this year to last year in Ukraine? Do you think? Why do is there a bit bit of a different oh, scene yeah, going? Actually, um, yeah, this sounds silly. I don't know. Uh, last year was very, I wouldn't say naive to it, but it was very much like, oh, I just want to go and see what it's like, and we're in Lviv, and it was very, it was safe. Don't get me wrong, um, that it wasn't, but like we were, the alarm goes off and you go in a bomb shelter and whatever. And but this year, I don't know. This part of the world at the moment, even living in Estonia, yeah, then there's so much irritation from our neighbors, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, big country, tiny guy, yeah, anyway, yeah, so there's so much irritation for them that, um, you just kind of never know where you're at. But what yeah. happened last year is I was in, um, Lviv and then. 
I didn't come back with the rest of the crew. I actually came back on my own because I had to come back early because I was coming back to Dublin for a small operation. And I had to be in Holly Street at like, I think it was 7 a.m. on the Monday. And I left the Viv Saturday night. And it was just constantly trains, trains, buses, 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 and whatever. Most humbling experience because I was doing a journey that people were actually doing the journey to get to Dublin. And so many people, big bags and all that jazz. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, and families and like old people and like, you know, kids and mothers and very humbling. Um, But yeah, so I was back in Ireland. I was like, oh, thank God that went really well and whatever. And a few days later, I was uh, watching the TV. I think it was like on the Friday or something. And I had to come. I was actually waiting in a hotel to fly to Brussels. Um, and I had the TV on early and there was uh, a news reporter, BBC news reporter chatting on a rooftop in Kiev. And he kind of looked up at the sky, got distracted in the report. And then he went, OK. And then, uh, uh, you know, he was like, we have to go. That's a missile. And then Kiev and Lviv got bombed then, you know, like missile attack. And whatever, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it was only there a week ago. I wasn't in Kiev, yeah. I was in Lviv, which is even yeah. like safer. But I was just like, there was damage done there, and they hit the power supply, and like, you know, there was, and it, I was just like, wow, it didn't occur to me when I was there. Now, when I came back, and it's happened a few times. Now, I do think that they're very good at intercepting any rockets that are coming over. You know what I mean? Um, they. Ukrainian army do seem to have that down but at the same time we're kind of going back this year knowing what could happen because we saw it literally a week after we were there yeah whereas but at the same time still it wouldn't be going if it wasn't safe because yeah you know yes yeah yeah um it is very safe but and again we're a year on now and it's even more humbling going and meeting the people and everyone that was there last year I stayed in touch with them and I can't wait to go back a guy has released my book since I met him last and yeah just loads of really brilliant inspiring people and they're great and all lovely and friendly great I can't wait um so tell me something that not a lot of people know about you or is there something that not a lot of people know about you (laughs) No, probably not, because I'm pretty much an open book. Um, something people don't know about me. I used to be, this is a, this is what I used to, oh my God, I, I can't laugh because of the rib too much, but, um, I used to always tell people this as my, I'm so interesting, but I actually have a Commonwealth gold medal. Don't get too excited. Um, for Highland dancing, because I was a dancer when I was a kid. And when the games were in Edinburgh, they they did some side things, you know, like competitions and whatever. And they did, um, they did, uh, this competition through the dance schools that you like would have to do Highland dancing or whatever. And I was good enough to get the gold, apparently, because nice. my double kicks were amazing. So I have a Commonwealth gold medal at home. But oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure you could not burn it down and sell it. I'm pretty sure if you hit that thing hard enough, it would break and there would be that little green line on the inside <laughs> that you know that was a bit fake. Like, <laughs> But look, don't let the truth get it's in the way the of your story. It's the symbol. You know? It's the symbol. You're, exactly. Um. At Corporate to Calm, we're all about taking a risk to create your own happiness. 
you certainly have uh, taken a few risks in your life. What would you say <laughs> to somebody who's kind of thinking about a nomadic journey or thinking about starting their own business or thinking about, you know, being a journalist from being a jockey? <laughs> yeah, I think actually the first thing that um, you mentioned, the, the H word, happiness. I think the first thing is that definitely in the world that we live in today, you have to check your happiness. Yeah. And I think that people are happier than they actually expect that they are. So now I don't go that the opposite from happy is sad. Like I am like, it's happy or I'm unhappy. So then I just check myself every so often because I generally am happy. But there's been a few days lately that I've woke up and I've not been in good form. Now I'm annoyingly in good form in the morning. That doesn't mean somebody's not going to piss me off during the day, but you know what I mean? And then I think that definitely you need to check your happiness first. So you're not going to be a digital nomad because you were ticked that Frida annoyed you with blah, blah, blah at work. Or you're not going to change your career because, I don't know, Ben did this and like annoys you in the break room or whatever. You know, like you have to check really what it is that's making you unhappy in life. Um, Because I think people are probably happier than they than they think they are. Yes. So check your happiness, make sure you're not running away from something that can yes. actually be easily solved. Because being a digital nomad is not running away. And people always said that to me when I came here, like, what are you running away from? And I'm actually not running away from anything. I'm running to a place that every single time I've arrived in Tallinn, I get on the tram. You can't do that at the moment because they've dug up all the roads. But I get on the tram on the way in from the airport and my shoulders drop two inches. Like, this is my calm. This is my happy place. Do you know what I mean? So I think that definitely that that is a good piece of advice is to check your reasons for going. Because like I said, you leave your baggage at home and whatever, but it's going to follow you here. And you're still going to have those insecurities. And Ben is still going to annoy you because he, I don't know, licked your yogurt pot in the fridge at work or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but also in saying that, the other thing is, don't be afraid. The the one thing I always say is forward. That is a word that I'm actually going to get tattooed on myself. I can't decide the writing. And my friend was like, don't put it in writing. Like, do it like maybe forward on the remote control because I may regret it after and then I can just cover it up in my watch. But yes, forward is something I always say. It's something I learned when I was riding racehorses. If they're being difficult or they're being awkward or they're trying to buck you off, you kick them in the belly and you go forward. And that's the way I've always led my life. And I tell everyone that it's the same, like forward six months from now, very different than today, you know, that kind of way. So very different. Um, yeah, if you are afraid of it, just go forward and then you'll get it'll be fine. I'm going I'm to use that one. Um, thank you so much. Tell me your details if anybody wants to get in contact with you or if you want anybody to get in contact with you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. My inbox is disgusting. I've lost control. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So email is just Fiona Alston Media at gmail.com. Uh, my tech email is Fiona at tech.eu. Um, my... I have my name for everything. So like yeah. my Instagram is Fiona Alston and my Twitter is Fiona oh, Alston. Google, so, yeah. Google Fiona Alston and they will. Yeah. 
Find they're you. all there. So, although there is a couple of other Fiona Elsons, which is pretty amazing. One of very really good, amazing, yes. Yeah, one is a really good basketball player, and somebody at uh, the other one, I think, is in maybe Australia. And I think she got promoted the other day because I got fierce excited when I got the Google uh, alert to say that I'd been promoted. And then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that wasn't me, actually. So it was a news article about her promotion. So there you go. Very good. Fiona, thank you so much for being part of the Corporate Camp podcast. I really appreciate your time. It's been such an insightful conversation. Thank you so much. (laughs) I hope so. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Corporate to Cam podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review. It really does make a difference. Or simply come back and listen to us next time. My name is Linda Monaghan, inspiring you to take that leap from corporate to cam. <laughs>